Travolting presents The Fraser's Edge. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering Journey to the Center of the Earth. With special guest, Scott Holzer. Journey to the center of the Earth. Hey! <laughs> Couldn't think of a better one. Nope. <laughs> That's how we're starting this episode off, folks. That was a split second one. Journey to the end what? of the, of, of journey the to night. Journey to the end of the night. Journey to the center of the Earth. Journey to the beginning of the moon. No, the sequel to this is called... We're going to talk about the sequel to this movie later. <laughs> the Mysterious Island one with Dwayne The Rock Johnson? What? You're oh, yeah. Blowing my spot up. Oh, I'm I, sorry. I'm, I got a lot to say about that I'm, movie later. I'm I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but at the same time, it's like, well, it's the, the, it's the be- not to go on a tangent, but it, it was the beginning of the fucking rock like boom boom was that yeah. movie it was like, and then all after that I was like oh we're going to give him to like Jumanji we're going to give him we're going to give him um the Moana we're going to give him all these other things right after that if film. i'm right it was the first the rock wears a khaki yeah i was yeah. just going to say <laughs> was. i'm pulling it's up like, that picture right now <laughs> rock wears khaki um you know i'll just kind of dive right into it um First, I'd just like to welcome back Scott. Yeah. Um, back yeah. from Hairspray and Gotti. Welcome it's, back to it's good to be back. Travolting Presents. A three-timers had, club, right? I had Yeah, I had to fight. Well, f- this would be my fourth time because I was also right? on the Gotti episode. Oh, that's third, right. Because he was on Hairspray, Hairspray Gotti, the... this. Okay, so this Wait, is, this is yeah. the third. I thought, okay. You went on one in between Hairspray and Gotti or the one before? Maybe. This is your first Fraser episode. Yeah, because I had to fight to get one because yeah. I wanted... George, I wanted George of the Jungle. The I wanted, mummy. I wanted the Mummy. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted all these films that had such a huge aspect of my childhood. But no, I couldn't get on them because they just filled up it too was quickly. A race, Jeff. I am your best man in your wedding. Yes. I should have been first Stuart, pick, uh, Scott. You're gonna get first pick at the next one. <laughs> okay. No spoilers, but you're gonna get first pick at the next one. Oh, I like that. I'll, all right, I'll give, but, you, I'll give you the list. Yeah, to dive into this movie. I yeah. just rewatched it this morning. So um, I found the photo of Dwayne oh, Johnson. <laughs> yeah, so this movie was, I mean, the, the sequel to this was the beginning of the uh, rock Dwayne Johnson shirt. wearing the khaki shirt as an explorer. Um, <laughs> Why did the rock decide, I'm going to become an explorer? That's going to be my thing. So let's think, so let's think about this. Uh, Jumanji. Yeah. Uh, Jumanji 2. Yep. Journey to the Mysterious Island yep. and Jungle, Jungle Cruise. Cruise, which was released, right? Yeah, it's on yes. Disney+. Plus. Okay, so we got those four. There's more than that, though. That no, ha- that's not the only uh, rock. Uh, Rampage, the one with the yeah, big giant gorilla yeah. one. That's one he's in the jungle. Yeah. He's in the jungle during Rampage. Uh, he just really he's likes not the in jungle. King Kong. For some reason, I thought he was no, in King Kong. No, that's Jack Black. There's Yeah, Jack Black and Samuel uh, Jackson. I'm looking through the rocks filmography right now. There's got to be another jungle one. I think that's the, I think that's the extent of the jungle. It's the extent ones. of the his jungle tour. Yeah, his his. Jungles. I mean, he's about to do a live action Moana, so I guess he He'll, can kind of. Maybe, but he won't be. In, I, I would hope he's not in khakis. It would be funny if like <laughs> everyone else is in traditional like Maori garb and he's wearing a <laughs> fucking khaki button down. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past him. It's some bullshit he'd do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that's his jungle run. His jungle cruise the. The two Jumanjis and uh, Journey to the Journey to the Mysterious to Island. the Mysterious Island and Rampage and Rampage. If we if we can. yeah, because he he's find... not wearing the khaki jungle shirt. He's wearing a more like athletic sport white shirt, but he's in the jungle. Yes, and, and he's sweaty. Yes, very mm, sweaty. Yum. 
very, very <laughs> sweaty. Oh, oh yeah. I remember seeing this movie in theaters. I yeah. was I would I was a weird kid growing up, and I would hang out with the like the seventy year old neighbors at my mm. mom's old house, and we would go see movies. And she mm. just loved kids movies like yeah. this, so she brought me to go see this movie. And I remember this was like I think the golden age of movie 3D. Yes. Like I remember legit yeah. being scared or like like a jump scare of one of those one of those like little piranhas jump out of the water yeah. towards him and he hits it with a bat and it goes woo. And like in the <laughs> yeah. original theater version, I like have a distinct memory of it because it was like the red and blue glasses yeah. era or like the really good 3D. Now it's just like oh it's three dimensional. No. Yeah. It's like it was literally set up to have things come at you. Yeah. Um, and I remember being like scared as it as it flew into me. <laughs> but I saw this on a was it, yeah I was definitely in middle school when this came out. But like I remember absolutely loving it because it was also the little like Josh Hutcherson phase before this. Mm. He was in you know Bridge of Terabithia, you know, getting his little this is before his Hunger Games before run. Before his Hunger Game run. Um, also, I didn't realize Seth Meyers is yeah Seth Meyers is randomly in this movie. When is Seth? Meyers? He's the he's the like the is asshole he? guy who's like. Yeah, we're gonna we're pulling your grant money, and he goes around and starts measuring. He's like, we know your brother died. Oh yeah, but like, fuck you. I need we need storage at the university. Like, oh my god, well, Scott, your story uh, leads pretty well into the context for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie's originally announced in two thousand one. Um, it had a very long lead in time. Um, Eric Brevig is hired to direct this movie. He had just at that point won an Academy Award for visual effects on Pearl Harbor. Uh, the director of this movie was like he, he was went from Pearl Harbor to this. Yes, VFX. He was the VFX supervisor for Pearl Harbor, um, and then he makes this. Then he must have hired a worse <laughs> visual <laughs> effects supervisor than he was, because Jesus, like I mean. It's, it's, it's a little early two thousands and it's like I mean for what for its time the fucking dinosaur yeah. the T Rex in the end of this movie looks like the T Rex from like a Disney cartoon yeah do you remember yeah. like a little one the little fake little arms yeah it literally looks exactly like that like the like, eyes are cartoonish yeah so the story of uh, this movie is like Eric Braverick is hired to direct it and Paul Chart who had just um, had his movie American Perfect premiere at the Cannes Film Festival is hired to write it. And he envisions a grand epic story in like the style of Indiana Jones, yeah, um, the Mummy, to, for an example. Um, he wants to make this grand epic adventure movie um, off a book he loved as a kid, and so he starts writing that script. Um, it, it takes a long time, like through the development process for this movie. Eric Breivik still, you know, he VFX supervises a few movies in this time while they're still putting the movie together. What uh, ends up happening is a little thing called 3D happens. <laughs> Yes. In 2005, the announce or 2003, the announcement Jeff, cast. If you movie. think I don't have all movies made in 3D pulled up on Wikipedia Stuart, right now, thing. I have a pull up too. <laughs> oh, no! 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 I the podcast. So was it one of the first? It's n- this is towards the later period. Yeah. Oh. So in 2003, they announced the cast of this movie. Brendan Fraser um, is in the cast at that time. He's cast, like, right off of The Mummy. Which is perfect. Mummy Returns. Like, he's going to be perfect. He plays, like, a more toned-down version of him from The Mummy if he was a dad. Yeah. The thing is, this movie on paper, Brendan Fraser being cast, perfect idea. Yes. But then you watch the movie. Yeah. And so, you know, he's cast in 2003. Around 2004 and 5 is when they're, like, when 3D starts popping off. Shark Boy and Lava. Oh, first, God. No, the first movie released in theaters I, I, in like 
<sighs> real three in like modern 3D is James Cameron's Aliens, Aliens of, of the, the Deep. Deep. Which is a IMAX documentary that I have watched and is pretty good. <laughs> it's not as good as the uh, the Titanic one. Um, it's not totally feature length though, right, Jeff? No, it's like forty five minutes long. That's why, like, I I am looking at the list and I I think it's safe to say that like the Adventures the, of Shark Boy and Lava the Adventures Girl of Shark Boy and Lava Girl and one. and to clarify, it is in a different category because like I put this movie in like the three D amusement park genre yeah so 100%. like because there are movies that are good and then they're just made to be 3d because yeah. like if you look through this list harry potter's listed on it yeah now they... harry potter wasn't made to be a 3d amusement park movie and everybody knows what i'm talking about when i say that genre it's like every single shot when there's a moving object it's always towards screen yeah, and it's all and everything. It's like the fish jumping towards you. Yeah, it's like the fish jumping towards you. The tape measure thing, or also in the. So this is a great example because in the beginning of this, because I want to talk about this because yeah. I, I was like when he did this in the beginning of the film, I was like, "Daddy." Um, <laughs> so in the very beginning of the film, um, Brendan Fraser is like waking up and he's like getting his day ready yeah. and whatever. He's hearing the, um, uh, the the answering machine back when those things were a thing. Yeah, with tape. Um, and he's like, "Hey, you know, by the way, you're you know, I'm dropping your nephew off, whatever." And he's brushing his teeth. And he looks down into the, what would be the oh. sink, and he spits out all of what, like you know, mouthwash into you know into the sink, which is right under the camera. And I'm like, yeah, in 3D, that looked like he just fucking like spit all over you. And looking <laughs> back, and, and like looking back at him when he did that, I literally was like, damn, daddy, yeah, <laughs> spit, <laughs> it, spit in my spit mouth it right at the camera. Yeah, so it's like it goes into that. It's like they specifically had shots designed. It was like oh, instead of just like oh, like let's take you know Avatar the new the blue people one yeah. where it was like oh this is you know it's just the three-dimensional world no this was literally the amusement park where it was like oh let's have things come directly at you we yeah, want the yeah. audience to be like <gasps> and like have it like you know as i said the the flying fish like and it's and it's also no accident that the first act of this movie that takes place outside of the center of the earth is so fast yeah because yeah. like they're in the real world and like real world shit is not fun to do like 3d yeah, stuff because that's why 3D... the spit was the only right like gag effect yeah. in the real world and i noticed because obviously i'm watching this on my 2d tv i noticed when like seth myers does show up and he does like there's a weird yeah. shot where the tape measure yeah swings out yeah, towards you the camera supposed, like, whoa what yeah. was that and i'm like oh yeah they gotta fit in like the 3d stuff yeah. where they can because we're not in the center of the earth yet so therefore there's not a lot of visual effects things so therefore <laughs> we have to manufacture reasons to make this a 3d movie until we get to yeah. the because 3D World. The big idea of 3D at this time, it's like you said, this is the experimentation age of 3D. Yeah. And so, like, for the most part, every movie that has 3D is either 3D is the gimmick, like, there's things that pop out of the screen at you. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, Harry Potter or Superman Returns, where 20 minutes of those movies are 3D. They convert, like, 20 minutes to be 3D. Is you this where, like, you're watching it, and then there's a yeah. logo at the bottom, do like, you not, put your glasses yeah. do you not on the Shark Girl, Lava Girl? When you, when, if you got it at home, and you watched the DVD at home, it came with the little red and blue glasses, and had a cutaway scene, and it was like, all right, all right, boys and girls, or whatever, it was like, secret agents, or whatever the hell it was, and I was like, put your glasses on now, and it gave you, like, five, six seconds to do yeah. it, and you put it on, and I was like, and now back, and you go right back into the, the action of it. it was, and they fit it in the story, though, right? Yeah, because it was not, like... At that point, 3D wasn't proven as a big success, so they do like 20 minutes of a big movie. If you saw it in IMAX, the action scene at the end would be 3D. Like, if you saw Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, I'm seeing right here. Like, that movie would be 2D, and then you get to the broomstick chase through London, and it'd be like, put your glasses on. That scene would be 3D. And then it'd be like, take your glasses off. That feels... 
Because very slightly different from like, because I'm thinking about Spike Kids 3D yeah. Game Over, where they fit it in the world, yeah. like Shark Boy Lava it's Girl. like a little like like the call thing that he, yeah. he had in that. It was like he flipped it open. It was like a call from like yeah. the the per, their ball. I don't. I haven't seen the movie yeah. since you know since I was a child. Last time I saw, it, I think I was extremely stoned. Yeah. So probably four years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was literally they built it into the into the actual movie. Yeah, where yeah. it's like, okay, we're going into the video game world. Yeah. Time to put your glasses on. Well, and the rest of the movie's 3D until they get out of the video game world, and then you take your glasses well, off. That's, that's the thing to note is that all these movies, except um, that they cut in and out of the well, video game world. The Adventures <laughs> of Sharkboy and Lava Girl is called The Adventures of Sharkboy and Lava Girl in 3D. Yes. Um, it is Spy Kids 3D. This movie was released as Journey to the Center of the Earth in 3D. 3D, yes. Harry Potter did not have 3D at the end. That was right. just like a perk you could get. Yes. 3D at this time is only like 20-minute segments of a movie. It's movies that are designed for 3D to exemplify the gimmick. Yeah. Or it's an animated movie because those are very easy to make 3D because it's right. already rendered in 3D. All you have right. to do is just render it with the additional you know, layer. Yeah. Uh, Stuart, I have lost hearing. Oh, you have? Yes. Oh, I'm back. Okay. Um, and then it's not until Avatar that really 3D kind of explodes as a thing for filmmakers to work with. Because all these movies, like I said, they're either the gimmick movies, an animated movie, or it's a segment of a movie. Mm -hmm. When Avatar comes out in 2009, that's when every movie starts being 3D. Because uh, after Avatar, you'll note like in 2010... Clash of the Titans becomes a major success because it's just the first movie released in 3D after Avatar. Mm -hmm. Alice in Wonderland uh, makes a billion dollars because it's oh, a 3D, yeah. a 3D yeah. movie that comes out two weeks out, two months after Avatar. Right. Yeah. The Last Airbender is converted to 3D. All these movies that are shot in 2D just start hastily being converted to 3D. Because they're like, oh, we can make money. Yeah, this we can show. make money. People want to see this. I remember also at this time when we bought a, we moved into yeah. a house and we bought a TV that had 3D, 3D capability. Oh, I remember yeah. that being so cool. Yeah. Never used it once. Yeah. Never, never. Avatar is the movie that like proved that 3D could be a viable concept, and then Hollywood runs it into the ground over the next three years. People get sick of 3D very Yeah, they very beat it like a dead horse. Also, like, no, it hurts your fucking eyes after a while. Yeah. Like, no, like... I'm going to dig James Cameron here in Shape of Water to piss Jeff off. But Jesus <laughs> Christ, I had a migraine 10 minutes into the movie. Yeah, uh, no, I'm also not a fan. Then 3D basically dies after like 2015, and then it comes back in 2022 with the release of Avatar The Way of Water, one of the great movies. And we all know how I feel about that. One of yeah. the great films. Mm. <laughs> but back to the regu yeah. regularly scheduled program. Back to your regularly scheduled program. Then they're re-releasing movies, yeah. old movies, but making them 3D. Yes. And so this movie comes out of that 3D boom. But at the beginning, we're like, 3D is the gimmick. Mm -hmm. And so the original writer of this movie leaves at that point. Because the studio starts saying, hey, less of this, like, grand adventure. We need more set pieces for 3D action. Yeah. And the movie gets rewritten and retooled for 3D. Like, what's exciting to see in 3D? A fish pop out at you. A T-Rex chase you. Brennan Fraser spitting in your mouth. <laughs> Venom Fraser spitting in your mouth and you mm, liking it. Um, <laughs> no, my favorite part is when the um, the Venus flytrap rips his sleeves off. Oh, <laughs> yes. oh, God. And then, like, I was going to wait to bring he that up. And then it's his 
fist but, yeah. inside of it and, and it comes he out bites, he, he, he like bites ah! these penis fly traps going back and forth yeah. and he rips one of them out of the ground after he got his like his sleeve ripped off by one of them yeah. and as they you know after he like saved the damsel in distress he like as they're walking away he he's like because he now has one sleeve there one sleeve not he looks over the other sleeve and just goes and just <laughs> Brendan Fraser's like full on rip the crap out of it and just comes off like clean as day and I was like damn I was like okay didn't need that but I'm okay with looking at the other Marbs yeah uh, and this, so this movie films in 2006 um, it takes two years for the visual effects of this movie which mm-hmm. is kind of shocking um, but also the 3D you know remaster of it um, this movie is so expensive to produce um, in regards to visual effects work it only costs 60 million but the amount of effects work that does go into it bankrupts a company. No shit. Wow, um, that hasn't changed from today. Meteor Studios is a Canadian company that makes this film. They declare bankruptcy the day after this movie comes out. Um, and they go three months of unpaid wages where they're not paid by Meteor because they've run out of money. Wow. Why um, would people sue? Oh, never mind. What <laughs> results in them actually finally getting paid, they get 70% of what they're owed at the end. Due to a lawsuit, and here's a good note: Brendan Fraser directly intercedes on their behalf Whoa. to guarantee because that they get paid. He is a god. He's great. I love that man. And Wait, he, what do you mean? He intercedes on their behalf. Like, what does that mean? He gets involved in the lawsuit and working with the company to make sure that they can pay. Wow, um, what a guy! What a guy! So he, um, he, you know, big Dad. time. I mean. What can you say, Daddy? You know. I mean, we've seen, we've all seen George of the Jungle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the uh, the basic structure of how this movie gets made. Uh, Brendan is involved. You know, like I said, fairly early. He's cast in two thousand three. He's very involved in this movie. This is one of his. Um, we've talked about it on the show a few times, but one of his attempts to break out of the mummy mold, or not the mold, but just the mummy, because all of his blockbuster attempts, aside from the mummy, have not been successful. Yeah, he did Monkey Bone. Um, Looney Tunes back in action. Quite American. Quite American's definitely not fucking. Uh, uh, Dudley Do Right as an actual good example. Wait, what the, are you saying? Examples of right now? Examples of him attempting to make another blockbuster work. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought you saying break mu- out of the mold. Of being the I mean, he got typecasted at this as this like newer version of like an Indiana Jones. Yeah. And yeah. It's like, this like you know, Egypt, if Indiana Jones went to Egypt yeah. in the same time period because it was you know it's the 30s or yeah. whatever. He got typecasted as that, and it was like he wanted to get out of it. And he's like, "Well, I can still do something adventure, but it's yeah. not like I'm this like rip daddy blob killing mummies with guns and stuff." I was like, "I want to do a little more family friendly entertainment." Because at the same point in his career in the '80s, Harrison Ford, you know, he he's known as Han Solo and he's known as Indiana Jones, and it could have been easy for him to get typecast, but he quickly and smartly like breaks out of that. Mm-hmm. He immediately has like movies like Blade Runner and Witness and whatnot on the docket. Yeah, Brendan doesn't get that. Um, he, you know, he does it, the mummies and all of his attempts to his immediate, his immediate blockbuster follow-ups, your Dudley do rights, your, um, monkey bones, your Looney Tunes, they all flop. Yeah. Um, they don't work for him and all of his, you know, smaller movies that the he's trying roles, to do yeah. him trying to prove like, I'm a serious actor. Like I can work in Hollywood aside from, you know, playing Rick O'Connell for the eighth time. <laughs> um, they're all movies that don't go anywhere. Or they go somewhere, but he's not the part that's that everyone right. likes. Michael Caine's the one who gets the Oscar nomination for Quiet American. Yeah, and in Crash, like he's just he's the DA. And Crash is Crash. Yes, and Crash is Crash. Crash. Yeah. 
Remember when we FaceTimed uh, Jack Nicholson on crack? Um, talk about it. Um, are you hearing out of your headphones? Yeah. Okay. Are you hearing out of your headphones? Yes, I am. Okay. I'm just making so sure. It's working. I'm just checking in. <laughs> but that's what this movie comes out of, is he's trying once again up franchise, aside from The Mummy. Yeah. And this is kind of one of the movies that ends up just like finally breaking him. Not like in a career sense necessarily, because this movie's actually a big success. Financially? Yes, financially. Okay. But not in, critically. Yeah, in terms of like, Brandon Fraser's not in the sequel to this movie. Yeah. Um, because of a lot of personal injury reasons. Well, and he was going through personal injury reasons yeah. as he joined onto a movie yes. like Journey to the Center of the Earth, which is a very physical movie yes. for him. There was, a lot, I mean, yeah, obviously not as physical as like as his other films, but it's like you're still running around a lot. You're still doing, you know, you're doing repelling on a what a soundstage, like. It may not be the same stunts that he was doing in Mummy, but like his body was destroyed yes. during those movies. There's a story I think I read on IMDb where like he, the he scene burned he, himself in this movie. Yeah, he takes a flare to the rock that it hit the rock wrong, yeah. and it like flipped around and burned his hand, and it shut down production for a few days. Like yep. things like that. And I, I, it's also like he's not in his 20s and early 30s anymore. By no. 2007, I think I want to say he's like creeping on 40, if not already past that hump. Mm-hmm. Um. You could definitely tell he's a little older than he was in the Mummy, because yes. like, especially in that scene, as I you know talked about when he spit in everyone's face, um, like you could see that you could see he looked a little older. You could definitely see that the you know those those hard years of the Mummy have definitely put a few yeah he rings is under his yeah eyes. he is thirty eight creeping up on forty, but he's also thirty eight having done all the Mummy movies, all the have- stunts, all like. That have worn Bodily down injuries. his body. Yeah. And so I feel a lot of sympathy like watching this movie and seeing him like do the things he is able to do. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, but yeah. And all, with the in, do you, Jeff, do you know of any other injuries like he sustained in this movie? Like, um, that's the only one specifically from this movie, but this is just another contributing factor. This and the Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Which comes out about. two years later, right? Um, it's the next movie we're covering on this show. Right. It comes out the next year comes out the next so but he well, actually this, comes, there was two years between this the was filming, filming of this. so it took two years to to put this together because the visual yeah. facts so you have you and finish he, that goes right into the the, the yeah. next mummy yeah which we all i mean there's a lot of like you know he got injured quite a bit on that yeah. one yeah because his run at this point is he does during the center of the earth the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor Inkart gi joe that's oh, I forgot he was in G.I. Joe. <laughs> heavy action movies. Is Inkart in a heavy action? I, I don't know. What well, it's it's Inkart. it's a Harry Potter ripoff. I don't want to say ripoff. It's a Harry Potter riff. Okay. So there's action involved in it. Yeah. Um, those are four heavy, you know, action movies. And then you'll note that's when his career drops off. Just completely. Because he's just okay. broken by that point physically. Yeah. And he's going through a messy divorce. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's, this is after when he was sexually assaulted. Yeah. And so I think I was planning to talk about this more at the end, but I'll talk about it now. The fact that he gets replaced in the sequel by The Rock <sighs> is both a big example of like the changing of the guard in Hollywood at the time, mm-hmm. but also just like where, you know, it it says a lot about where his career's at at the time. That he was replaced with The Rock, who's on the up, and he's on the down. Yeah, they were like, let's put somebody who will probably bring in more money. Yeah, you know, it's a you know they put it they put a bigger name, and they didn't think it was going to be financially mm-hmm. smart to have him back. Yeah. They didn't think it would be financially smart, and he's also just 
too injured at the time to really do another action movie. Yeah. And I Did mean, they even offer that movie to him at all? Did we? It says I read. Says he didn't return. It says he declined. Yeah, he declined okay. to return. Um, no, I'm not sure if that's just polite, or if he actually did decline. Or they was like they offered to him because like that was his movie. It was more of just like we know yeah. you're not gonna do this. Like uh, we don't yeah. want you to. I mean, but it's I, a very there's a very like it's a PR stunt yeah. for like studios to offer them the role, but at a substantial pay cut that's like untakeable. Yeah. They'll be like, just, yeah, come back as uh, the the guy. And it's like, uh, well, what's that, this say here that I'm taking like a 50% cut? To me, that's the interesting thing about this drop-off in his career. Is this is a big success. This makes a lot of money. And the mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, which we'll talk about next week, makes a lot of money as well. And yet, his career is done. Yeah. I think it's very much like the physical, like injury aspect and the divorce aspect. It's not the saleability of his career. Because that, his, physicality. His divorce was messy. Yeah. Very because messy. These are honestly more successful movies than he's had in the past like four to five years financially. Yeah. Yeah. So like you would expect that he would kind of get back up after this. But he is just, you know, he's just done too much to his body. Well, when you think about it, it's you tried all these indie films where he's yeah. like co-starring alongside great actors for dramas yeah. and grounded films and those aren't working and then you you kind of it almost seems like that he has to reluctantly go back to yeah. the blockbuster and mm-hmm. seeing those be successful that would crush my heart yeah. almost i would almost kind of be happier to know that like oh it's not just that i suck at being a drama actor it's that i suck at everything i mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean I wouldn't say he sucks at being a drama actor. I mean, he definitely, obviously, you know, he had his role. He was very good in those roles. And then, like, you look at his other films. There's a like, there's a reason why they didn't do that well. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's a phenomenal actor. I love the man. Like, obviously, he deserved his Oscar when he won yes. um, for the whale. Like, I cried during that practice that entire movie. Um, but like, you look at it, like his other movies where he was more dramatic. And I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's been off and on. He's still learning his dramatic chops. He's yeah. still learning, but I I don't think we've watched a movie. Well, I mean, w- <sighs> he's supposed to be this like the last episode we covered. Uh, fuck, <laughs> the air I breathe. The that, air I that's breathe. That's the first performance where I was really like, Ugh. Uh, uh, yeah. And like, he's never been outright bad in a dramatic movie, but he's never been like he's never blown me away in a dramatic role. I mean, I thought he was good in Journey to the End of the Night. And he's good. No, he's good in these movies. But he doesn't. But blow he's you not away. like it's he a, hasn't had his like. Wow, this guy's incredible in this drama. Like, like he knows yeah. how. To, like his the Dude whale is. for that time. Yeah. Like you know Tom Cruise or in Risky Business. Yeah. Or Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Like these guys who are like coming out of comedy. I mean, I shouldn't say Tom Cruise is coming out of comedy, but these guys coming but out showing, of like, showing just showing they have a, a wider range yes. of what they can do. And do it well. Like obviously, Brandon Fraser and his action and his action comedies are amazing. Like I, yeah. Mummy starts to some of my favorite films of all times. Yeah. But like I don't really, I'm never gonna be like, yeah, his you know his random film that he did yeah. as a dramatic actor. I was like, yeah, that's Mrs. Winterbourne 10. really blew me. Yeah, away. Mr. Winterbourne <laughs> well, blew me away. Or Monkey was, Bones blew me away. Or whatever. I was looking back at his filmography, and it does pay me to say that like a dramatic role that did blow me out of the water for Fraser is The Passion of Darkly New. Yeah, Scott. Have you heard of The Passion of Darkly Noon? No. My point, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That either his dramatic roles are either go untold, unspoken, or as you said prior, Jeff, the spotlight is on his co-star that is being... Which is sad. 
Mm-hmm. Huh, on side note, have you guys you guys done school ties already, right? Yes. Yeah. Damn it. Was school ties a you movie? Yeah. Oh no, it wasn't. But I I, I just looked at it and I was like, oh crap, I should have asked for this movie because there's some. That was one of the first movies home, we did. Some very horrific scenes in that movie. All right, moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can do a retrospective on school ties. We yeah. covered that back in uh, July. July last year. Yeah. Holy crap! <laughs> we did, we did school. So we recorded long. school ties July twenty fourth of twenty twenty two. Sorry. God damn. <laughs> losing my mind. Um, uh, but yeah, I think we can dive into the movie. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I just had a good time just talking about Fraser there, but... Yeah. I think I think, I think think we've said... Uh, oh, Journey to the Center Earth and The Mummy Tomb came out in the same year. They came out in 2008, right? They both came out in 2008. So he had, two, he had two competing blockbusters against himself. That's interesting. And they were both successful. Yeah. And then his career never recovers. And yeah. that's the uh, the tragedy of this all is he you know we've talked about how he's a yes man he like is he's always he's very you know self conscious and he wants to do his best Fraser's- and he's just been he basically worked himself to being to the bone quite literally in this case as he had yeah. to have bone surgery <laughs> yeah Fraser says himself though like whenever people say like where did you go during all that time like he always says in almost all of his interviews like I didn't go anywhere I was still working I was still yeah. doing shit. And so, like, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, Fraser stepped away mm-hmm. and didn't do anything for a while. I mean, there is a gap in his movies, for sure. There is, like, a time period where he did take a break. Um, it's between... But he's not at the point in his career where it was, like, you know, The Mummy was coming out every other couple of years where it's like, oh, uh, the, his newest film is out. Yeah. Let's go see it in theaters. Like, obviously, he was, I was hoping he was yeah. to be doing stuff. He doesn't do a movie from 2014 to 2019. Yeah. Um, that's when that's after his reconstruct. His reconstructive surgery is in 2013. Yeah. Um, so that's his like big his big, you know, break. Yeah. So uh, I I think, and obviously like he's he's kind of in. <laughs> I hate to say this, like he's sort of after uh, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, Inkheart, GI Joe. I would say GI Joe is the main cutoff. Yeah. After GI Joe, he's in the Travolta exploitation era. Yeah. I mean, right? Like, yeah. he's really just, he's doing just those, uh, he's doing animated movies and he's doing like hey, two billion, two million dollar, like, yeah. act- action movies. Yeah. Because he, you know, people, he's broken. He can't really do the big action movies that he's known for. He can do the smaller scale stuff. Yeah. But even at that, like, there's not that much. If you can't do what people want you to see, who's going to hire you, you know? Yeah. That's kind of especially where, when you've been typecasted as this yeah. is your character and you can't. This do is what that you do, and you can't do that anymore. Yeah. On that cheery note, this so movie, back, start, so this movie, movie starts with a trillabyte. <laughs> <laughs> it, does. Uh, it does. It starts it with does. a very low res trillabyte just walking along the earth, and that, and then a T-rex. cartoonish looking T Rex <laughs> just chasing, chasing this, um, this green screen guy. They copy and pasted the T Rex at a land before time. That's and the, the first one. That's one. the one. <laughs> and it's Gene, Gene Michael, whatever his last name is. Um, his, this, this is his dad. He's in it for like, mm. what, 30 seconds in the entire movie? And he <laughs> they dies. Don't even like, give him the. Fall, he dies falling. I would have loved to see him get eaten by a, a, by a T Rex. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> but instead, he falls into this ma- mag- magma pit. And he's like, Ugh! And he's like, crap. Like, fake flames and all this other crap. They don't even give him the benefit of like showing his body on screen. Yeah, no, no. no. Here's the thing. He falls into a pit of lava and, yet and they there's find a grave him, later. And then there's a grave later. They Who find dragged him, him out? 
I don't know. <laughs> Tectonic plates shifting. <laughs> Wait, they found a grave. Right? Yeah, they find a grave. <laughs> they find a grave for the guy. Who put him there? <laughs> well, no, no. They dig, dug the grave. They found the body. Yeah, okay, right, right. Yeah, no, they, because he's in the center of the earth. No, it's the mountain guide goes through, like, the jungle in the le- land, and she finds, like, the water bottle. She finds the telescope yeah. or whatever, and then she, then the camera does this, like, pull back, boom down, mm-hmm. where you do, she's looking at something over the ledge, and then it just cuts to her coming and telling. Yeah, she, um, I found Max, and it's... Yeah, and then it cuts to the them grave. burying him on the beach. Because, you know, No, they just find the grave. No, no they, they, they oh, made that grave the for grave. him. Oh, I thought <laughs> no. the grave. It's a, because the I'm kid pretty just, like, sure walks. he's even putting a rock on it too, they, Jeff. That's literally like, what the shot is. He put okay. a rock and they zoom out on it. But also, once again, it's magma. Yeah, where like, did they find what him? What bones are left? There should be <laughs> nothing left. It is, yeah, the, what, that, it is that, the hottest substance on Earth. That question is still to be yet solved in our next episode on Cold Case. I mean, <laughs> just like how dinosaurs ex- exist in the middle of the Earth. You know, right. apparently anything is possible in a Britain. King Kong did this bit a little bit better. Uh, Skull, not Skull Island. Uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. They also did the center of the Earth. Kong whole versus thing. Godzilla. Kong yeah. versus Godzilla. Right? Oh, Isn't yeah. that, that was the whole bit in that movie that they went yeah. to the center of the Earth? Yes. And you can come out on the other side? Yeah, and Mecha Godzilla. No, that's a, that's a bit in that movie. It's also a bit in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. A movie that I think is unjustly bemoaned. It's pretty good. I haven't seen it. That that's, that's the just, first 2014 Godzilla that remake. Good movie. Pretty fucking good. Yeah. People don't talk about that new. And Godzilla the twenty movie. the 2019 Godzilla King of the Monsters is the first one with like the holes in the earth. And that's the one with Ghidorah, right? Yeah. That that King movie Ghidorah. is like you're like oh I'm gonna go see this Godzilla movie where he fights a monster and then halfway through the movie the world ends. What? Like hundreds of monsters just emerge out of the earth and wipe out every city. And the characters what? are kind of casual about it. There's like a shot of Ghidorah on top of a volcano and like a, a fucking crucifix. Just oh, wait, but then how does Kong versus Godzilla work? If- See, that's exactly the thing. <laughs> it's like the world ends in the second one, then Kong versus Godzilla. Like, oh, it's just like well, a- there's still a few cities left. We can just they didn't them. kill everyone. Yeah. Listen, so like San I've- Francisco wasn't that burnt up. I've-, I've made my thoughts very clear on this show that my, my, my most hated continuity error is how they go from James Mangold, the Wolverine, where he gets his claws cut off, to Days of Future Past, where all of a sudden he has his claws Magneto back. Magneto put him back. That's what they said. No, they don't say it in the movie! They don't say it in the movie! We're talking about Journey to <laughs> Every time no. someone says that bullshit, like, Mo Magneto morphs the adamantium back on his claws. When do they say that in the movie ever? It's implied. Give it uh, to me! Name the minute mark right they now. Don't. They don't. I just, I just, I just let it work. Um... So the first thing I noticed in this movie is I wrote in my notes. I, it has the aesthetics of a museum IMAX movie. Yeah, like this movie has the aesthetics of one of those yeah. things you watch. Oh where it's my like, yeah, it's like dinosaurs in 3D as yeah. you're like going through the Smithsonian. Yeah. <laughs> What's really like, funny is I just like last weekend went to a planetarium and watched one of these types of yeah. shows, like, and it is very the, much like where it's that. like Tomb of the Emperor, or it's like dinosaurs alive, alive. with yeah. an exclamation point at the end. <laughs> Yeah, um, it, has, it has the aesthetic of one of those movies. Yeah, it does. Oh, and 100%. I found that kind of charming. That was that was like I. It Meanwhile, kind of like we're making fun. Of no, like it looked really shitty. I'm not gonna say it didn't. Oh, but I'm like so bad. But I'm kind of like this is like this is kind of charming if you think about it. It's just a feature length museum movie. <laughs> 
Because it's about exploring the center of the earth. It's about all these scientific concepts that are just kind of like loosely mentioned. This movie's pretty good when you think about it as an infomercial. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, that's what I'm saying. And I'm sure if we look up the, 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 the curve of, um, you know, um, admittance to museums, I'm sure it went like, the National Geographic Museum yeah. probably went all the way up. I, I believe they Star just... Star Wars I, Rise of Skywalker is really good when you think about it as a Disney Plus ad. <laughs> no, because no, that movie has like... Cause thank that you, movie, thank you, like, Scott. relies I, I, on... <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, like if, I think, if I watch this movie and I think about it as like, oh, I'm going to watch Indiana Jones, I'm going to be like, what the fuck is this bullshit? But if I go into it, I'm like... This is basically like one of those movies you have you to watch. set. Okay, this is. I think. It's, I think it's a great long-winded way of saying set your expectations yes. for this. Yes, movie. set your expectations, <laughs> and you can find some charming elements. Like there's some. I mean, I mean, Josh Hutcherson. I think is a, was a fantastic actor, and this those those tears he shed oh when he was God. reading about his baseball. I wanted to be, like he wrote in his journal as he thought he knew he was going to die because that's apparently what people do um, in the center of the earth. And he's like, starts crying into Brendan yeah. Fraser. I was like, those are real tears. Yeah. That, I, that kid's good. Yeah. They, they designed this movie to essentially be like a theme park ride. Yeah. And no, the, I, I like the Roger Ebert review of this where he gave it two out of four. And he said, this is a fairly bad movie. <laughs> and yet at the same time, maybe as good as it could be. There may not be an eight-year-old alive who would not love it. I definitely loved it as an eight-year-old. Yeah. So I mean, it's like that's, that's true. I, I I don't disagree with that. Journey is but just also, a new. As an eight-year-old, I loved every movie I saw yeah. inside of a museum. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so that's where like I'm not gonna say I love this movie. It's like a four or five out of ten. Like <laughs> I enjoyed watching. You know, it was like it's charming. Yeah. Um. So the dad's dead. He dies. <laughs> falls in the mom. His skin burns off, and he is dead. <laughs> So his dad's dead. Dead is a doornail. And then we cut to Brendan Fraser, which is his brother in this yes. movie. Um, Who's a volcanologist. Volcanologist. A Bostonian volcanologist. Because that's that's very legitimate career um, to have. He's a volcanologist. So. <laughs> <laughs> the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. <laughs> Woo! So you know we go Sweaty. through the, we go through that whole little like real world phase where they throw in some gimmicks like the tape measure. Yeah. Seth Meyers makes an appearance yeah. for five seconds. He's a professor at yeah. uh, university, so they're already a like, undisclosed university, undisclosed, undisclosed, university. undisclosed city. Uh, so they're they're hammering hard on like this was I, Jeff. I texted you yesterday. Like there was something really funny yeah. that I wanted to like talk about because like yes, this movie has a lot of Indiana Jones vibes, but. There's something like hidden in the script of this movie where it's like the mummy, but yeah. reversed. Because think about it. Who, I mean, yes, we get the intro with Rick O'Connell, or no, we don't get the intro with Rick O'Connell. We get the Emotep intro. Yeah. And then we cut to the Rick O'Connell army scene. And then we cut to Evelyn in the library. Yeah. This is the Evelyn in the library scene, yeah. but for Journey to the Center of the Earth, only instead of Rachel Weiss, <laughs> is Brendan Fraser. <laughs> yes. And who's the damsel in distress in the first two acts of this movie? Brendan Fraser yeah. is. Oh, yeah, because the lightning, him getting right. blown up in the lightning. Yeah. And then him on the edge of the rope when right. she... When yeah. she okay, that's and she's kind of the hero. He's I the damsel in the stress in the first two acts of this movie. And then the movie becomes shit, and it's like, oh, Brendan Fraser. He's and the, she's the hero, and, the adventurer. Yeah, yeah uh, until yeah. the third act, yeah. and then Fraser. All of a sudden, Fraser now knows what he's doing yeah. as a volcanologist and knows how to explore and yeah. properly. And he's like, especially when they get to, he's like, humans can only live up to 130 degrees around, and blah, 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 and like all this other right. random bull crap. And it's just like, you're, I, 
do you actually know anything? This yeah. this movie, like if the movie kept on that thread of like Fraser being the nerdy scientist who like needs to be saved out of situations all the time in this movie, and it's the mountain guide who gets hired on a whim to like lead yeah. them there safely. I would have dug this movie like probably yeah. I would have given this movie like two more stars out of ten. Yeah. If it had stuck with Instead that. Instead of I mean seeing Brandon Fraser fight Carnage's Venus flytraps. I don't disagree. Was it, so hot. But like <laughs> at the third act, he does come up with ninety nine percent of the solutions. Yes. Like he's the one that decides like we need to get to this volcanic tube with the geyser, which he would if he's the nerd. But then he's also the one that's like, we gotta like release the water and shit. Yeah. And then like I don't know the the whole fish thing. He's the one that saves her from getting you know bitten yeah. by a fish. Like I don't know. There's a there's a lot of parts in the third act of this movie that's like Fraser fixes everything. Yeah. But in the first two acts, it's like he's like on the verge of dying at every. He's turn like a, he's like a, he's just the 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 nerd who's never done field work in his entire exactly. life and he has no idea what the fuck's going on. Right. Yeah. And he brings his fucking twelve year old nephew yeah. with him to Iceland. <laughs> It's why, like, it's, yeah, it's Evelyn and Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> Only it's Brendan Fraser and Josh Hutchinson. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, that's That was my first thought when I saw him go to the university. I'm like, oh, my God, is this, like, the Evelyn in the library scene? Yeah. <laughs> they really copied so much of his other movies. They're like, all right, cool. So he knows this this model of movies. Let's uh, let's not push his, uh, his acting too far in one yeah. direction. We'll just stick with the same thing. Yeah. And then I think Seth Myers comes into play, and that's where he's like, "We're gonna shut down your brother's lab." Yeah, and he's like, "What do you mean, your blah, blah, blah. dead brother's lab?" Yeah, yeah, your dead brother's lab. And he says something. This is where I, 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 I it dawned on me. Oh yeah, I'm watching a movie that was made for 3D because of the tape measure thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Wait, whoa, what yeah. was that?" And it's I, like, "Oh yeah, this." Is I a also want to know how they know he's dead. Well, right, they don't because he just went missing. Yeah, because he went missing. Right. I, well, he was. He has been gone for ten years, nine Which years. You can, say, you can legally declare them dead after seven. Yeah. yeah. So he's the, the dad. Also, I just love how the like you know Josh's was like Josh was three years old or two year two years old because he took and the the thing is like today is like you know August fourteenth two thousand whatever it is my son's third birthday I wish to give him his first baseball blah you know the most stereotypical straight dad thing ever yeah. um and it's like. I mean, Josh, you never knew your father, so I'm mm. like, shut the fuck up. Why are you? Yeah, crying? when you when you like your mom could have easily married somebody else at this point. Because <laughs> in the movie, Josh is 13? thirteen. Thirteen. Real life, Hot Hutchinson, I think, is fifteen or seventeen. Yeah, somewhere around that part. Josh Hutchinson would have been, I think, probably fifteen. Fourteen when they filmed. So he played. Movie. He played about 14. the same age. Yeah. When they filmed it. Yeah, okay. They filmed, he was fourteen when they filmed it. I was doing the math on two thousand eight. Fourteen when they filmed it. Sixteen yeah. when it comes out. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Because Bridge to Terabithia came out... Before this. Before this, yeah. by... Bridge to Terabithia is one year before. 2007. 2007. Now, that's a movie where Hutcherson's acting chops were really put to the test. Uh, Josh Hutcherson's run at this point is... Um, he's in The Polar Express, Kicking and Screaming, um, Zathura... Bridge to Terabithia, Journey I to the Center of the Earth. Do not besmirch Zathura. I was Do not besmirch Zathura. Netflix has recently added, and I have watched it like three times. Oh and I'm my just God. like, it's like the, it's like, all right, cool. Jumanji did so well. Let's make another movie with a board but game. It's space. But space. We uh, now in the we are now in the 25th century where we can travel through space. My nine year old self was. Ugh. 
<laughs> but back on topic of this movie. So, you know, they go to Greenland or Iceland or whatever. And you know. Well, so, yeah, like the, the whole closure of his brother's lab. Then he gets home. That's when he gets the phone call voicemails that like, yeah. hey, like, what's it? What's Fraser's character's name of this movie? Um, I, I literally just watched that we don't one. know his name. All right. Well, anyway, he uh, plays Trev. Professor Trevor. Trevor. Anyway, so uh, Fraser gets called voicemails from his uh, sister-in-law, from his the widowed sister-in-law, married to his dead brother. Yes, mm-hmm. that she's coming over with their thirteen-year-old. Because apparently they're nephew. moving to Seattle. I never got that part, but maybe I wasn't paying like, that close. Attention. Hopefully, by the next time when I come back, we'll have a house and we can start our new lives. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> right. And it's just like, cool, great. This has nothing to do with the driving right. of the story. You just need an excuse to drive your son off. To right. It's like, hey, you're good for ten days, right? Oh, is that what we said? Ten days. I'm like, wow, that's perfect amount of time to go on an adventure to the center yeah. of the earth and back, <laughs> and somehow, and somehow, end up in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, she while she drops him off, she also drops off a box of, of Max's belongings. Yes, and in it, her <laughs> finds a copy of Journey to the Center of the Earth. From the point she drops Josh Hutchinson off to Fraser's, how many minutes do you think passes before they get to Iceland? I would say, I'd say seven minutes. I was total. gonna say like five. It is five so, or less. It, it is, is so quickly. And it's a cut cut scene of them going like, you know how much money a last minute flight to Greenland would cost? And he's like, I Looks, think you got it. And yes. it's just like jars of coins. This yeah. is back in the day where like, you know, like a hundred dollars worth of quarters could like, you know, like a hundred dollars could still pay for shit. Yeah. Right. If I wanted to fly to Reykjavik right now, three hundred and fifty three dollars. I'm gonna try and buy a ticket for today. No, I'm gonna say even more. Six hundred today. I'm gonna, I'm buying a one way ticket today for today. Six hundred and no, it's gotta be a thousand twenty-one. You saying a thousand? I'm saying a thousand six hundred twenty-one. Um, it's gonna take a while for Jeff to come up with a price. No, I got it right here. What is it? If I were to fly today, Saturday, April fifteenth, that's when we're recording this episode, a one-way ticket to Reykjavik, not round trip, one way. Remember I could do it nonstop for five hundred eighty-two dollars. You remember they didn't need a round trip. They were going to come back yeah. from Italy, so they, just booked, right. they yeah. just booked the leg. In so Italy. it would only cost me five hundred eighty-two dollars for a one-way uh, non-stop. Oh shit! It actually, if I wanted to take the one-stop thirty-four-hour flight, it would cost me five times as much. What? One thousand four hundred twenty-five dollars for the as ticket. opposed to what was the other option? Um, a six-hour one-way non-stop. Wait, six-hour one-way. For Fly. 582. Okay. Um, or I can do the 34-hour. Um, flies to London and has a uh, layover before going to Iceland. <laughs> and that costs more? Yeah. I don't know why. It's insane. Iceland Air, notoriously, is inexpensive, though. Iceland Air is like a good, um, you know, flight. Do we fly out of Chicago. So good to know. If you want to fly to Iceland, $582 from Chicago. Right now. Right now. This is for a flight today at 7.30 p.m. They're going to see an uptick of people. Yeah. <laughs> so we're sending people their way. Um, but no. So he, he books the flight. For two of them, it'd be like, you know, a thousand. You know, we can account for inflation, so maybe a little less. Um, they fly to Iceland. They fly to Iceland. Because they they have to find this volcanologist. <laughs> yeah. The, there's... Who his brother was working with. 
Because, yeah. It's apparently been dead for two years now at this point or whatever. <laughs> the guy's fucking it's dead. Not, I mean, the thing is, like, there's literally a line on the plane about, what are you, what are you doing? I'm Googling at 30,000 feet in the air. Welcome to the 21st century. They could have, like, they, they made a plug for Google in this movie. So Google definitely paid for some of this. But it's like, you could have just Googled this this professor's name and figured out who find this, his obituary. And find out if it was obituary. Like, like oh, you show up and you're like, oh, he's oh he's dead and you're like the daughter or somebody, but yeah. you're hot? Cool. Yeah. So they drive through the uh, the Iceland wilderness for a little bit. Yes. And they just randomly come across a shack. And then there's a sign next to the shack that says the Icelandic Volcanologist Institute. Yes. The exact thing that they're looking for. They very for. conveniently come across the shack that just happens to be the Volcanology Institute. Yeah. And so they go up, and they knock on the door, and they don't get the old professor. They get Anita Breen. Anita Breen. Who is an Icelandic actress um, who her most other notable thing, she played Jane Seymour on The Tudors, a show that I did not watch. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, she's Anita Breen. She's um, blonde and attractive. And that's that's her character in this movie. At least they cast an Icelandic person. Yeah, that's no, always, she's actually good in this. Actually, no, I love her. Yeah, character. she's fine. Also, just the flash part at the end of the movie, but that last the kiss scene between him and her at the very end, where they're sitting in the skull of a T Rex, yeah. is just like it's so bad. It's yeah. like it's it's like he like stutters into it, and yeah. you're just like he's like obviously I'm gonna do it. It's like, dude, where the love interest in this movie was barely built up. You were just like, oh, cool, we put up, we put a, a hot actor, two very hot two, people, two very hot actors together. Let's try to make something for the adults here, people, and throw in a single kiss because we we were allowed to make it PG thirteen. Because like when well, they- Josh Hutcherson called dibs, and Fraser still to this day has not apologized for disrespecting the dibs contract. Yeah, when they, you know, um. Did that exact same calculus in the mummy? They put two of the hottest people imaginable and had them make out in the sand, and it was. Damn, I didn't realize uh, Jeffrey. All right, <laughs> I, I got I got horny on main at least one episode of the show. Um, one, still breathing. Still I breathing. mean, have you seen George of the Jungle? <laughs> God damn, so let's talk about. Have you sex- seen still breathing? Talk oh. about sexual awakenings, people. <laughs> I mean, this definitely was not a sexual awakening, but, you know, he's doing it. But, like, The Mummy is one of the, like, the hottest kisses in film. And this is, like, the most, like, ugh. It's ugh. so bad. Lukewarm it is spoils. because there's, like, an age difference on top of everything else. Like, How old is she? Because he's 38. There's, there's not she that would be 24 when they filmed this movie. It's a 10-year difference. It's, like, not terrible, but, like, that on top of everything else. Do you remember when we watched Speed Kills? Do you no, remember? I what we remember. Speed kills? I remember. Oh my God, Scott, have you heard our Speed Kills episode? Uh, no, I'm not. Travolta is at least sixty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there is a scene when he has sex with a 21 year old, not an actor, some background lady, because <laughs> she has no lines, and she is only in that scene for that movie. To have sex with John Travolta. Man, is oh, it is 60s. <laughs> She's maybe 20. Oh, God. It was abhorrent to watch. Yes, that was quite the movie. Remember the, the speedboat chasing that? Speaking of chases, <laughs> um, they find some volcanic survey. Sur- well, she agrees to help them. Yeah, she agrees to help. Oh, she... For, for $5,000. Not a, not, not a day per hour. Yeah, it's Cr- I think she, Specifically, she says 5000 whatever Iceland's Iceland a crone. Which, 
if you actually transfer that into dollars today, this is an IMDb trivia piece, it's like $68 an okay. hour. So that's it's actually quite terrible. reasonable. Oh, that's what I make per hour. That's great. Yeah, yeah that's doable. She's making, it's not bad. <laughs> making union minimum. She's, yeah, she's making union minimum as a tech here, people. Yeah. Um, so uh, she's like, oh, your brother must have been a Vernian. And her oh. friend's like, what are you talking about? She's like, he's a Vernian. My dad was a Vernian. It's the guys who watch the show Dr. Vern and believe yeah. are huge fans of it, but no, to the it, point where they're ecstatic. It's people oh, sorry, who that's think, Dr. Who. It's think, it's, she says it's people who read Jules Verne's novels and were like, there's real truth in these. These are real tales. By that regard, I am a, uh, a Tolkien. <laughs> you think that Middle Earth was I mean, real? I mean, it did exist. Yeah. I or mean, a Lucasian. <laughs> yeah, I, the second you start thinking about Middle Earth as a real, if you think about, like Tolkien envisioned it as like being our world in the past. But the second you start really diving into that, you discover some uncomfortable things and you should best not think about it. Like what? Well, think about where all the villains in Lord of the Rings are coming from. Mordor? The south. The south and, and the, east. the east. And think about how all, what skin color everybody in Lord of the Rings, the north has, and what color the orcs are. And I'm going to leave you with that. Okay, Ooh. fair point. Yeah. Moving um, on. Fair point on that one. <laughs> and uh, we're not going to talk about that anymore. I mean, if you <laughs> if you read The Hobbit, he yeah. does talk about how there's like certain hobbits with dark skin. Yes. Color. It's just the movie adaptation was like, let's make everyone white. Yeah. And I'm not saying inherently that Tolkien was a racist. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the more you think about it, the more you're like, this guy was kind of going with the cultural ideas of the time in regards to, hmm, all these villains riding elephants are coming up from the South. We should kill them all. Um, and we're not going to go any more into it. We're going back to journey <laughs> to the center of the earth. <laughs> Uh, they say you're a Vernian. Yes, he's a Vernian. And he opens his brother's book, and it's full of like this like chicken scratch little notes that she's made or that he's made in this book. And she like goes, Look, my dad had the same thing going on. If you guys hear that in the background, they are cutting something with a saw. Oh, it sounded like music. It sounded <laughs> it, like it music. It did sound like music. If it was a saw. You were correct. It is. It is a hacksaw. They're cutting and fixing a staircase behind. Yeah. Them. Apologies for folks if you're hearing that in the background. Um, oh. But uh, and he's like, my brother was an Avernian. Like he was like adamantly against yeah, he's it, like, and it was like, no way, my brother believed in this being. That, that essentially like being copping to your brother watching like ancient aliens nowadays <laughs> is essentially the equivalent. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Or like uh, listening to a Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, or listening <laughs> to the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> Um, where Joe, where someone's just like, Joe, have you ever thought there might be dinosaurs in the earth? And Joe's like, this is an idea we got to delve into, guys. Um, JB, pull that up. <laughs> pull that up. Look it up. Joe, there are dinosaurs in the earth. But also, like, it's all, it's not dinosaurs. It is dinosaur. Yeah, it, is just one, it is just one T-Rex. Obviously, there's, there's there's bones. Like, obviously, they, that's how they got out. But it's like, there, do you see that there's no other bones of any other dinosaur? It's just the T-Rex. I guess they ran out of a little bit. I, I mean, we proved they ran out of money. Maybe they ran out of their uh, dinosaur budget, and they could only afford a single T-Rex. But, like, also, when we get into the, the logic of the world... Even just having one T Rex around is a little bit suspicious. Like mm, how? Okay, I mean we have all read Noah's book, you know, two by two by two. Uh, it takes a mommy T Rex and a daddy T Rex to make a baby T Rex. 
So he was the last of his bloodline, yeah. apparently. Also, apparently... And they kill him. And they, they extinct the T-Rexes. So Brandon, uh, Brandon Frazier and Josh Hodgerson are actually responsible for the extinction of all dinosaurs. Guys, I'm mostly talking about how the the center of the Earth becomes like over 300 degrees Fahrenheit <laughs> and everybody roasts alive. But apparently <laughs> dinosaurs don't. Apparently dinosaurs are safe in that in those temperatures. Or at least that one T-Rex is. That one T-Rex has evolved... To be able to withstand magma, maybe. Yeah. So anyway, they, I mean, the dinosaurs died out from like fire and brimstone. So yeah, probably not. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so they climb up this mountain to get to this volcano. Fraser finds like one of the one of his like brothers, like, Sen- like volcanic sensors. Yeah, volcanic sensors, and then cue the lightning storm uh, when that happens. And then of course the metal device that he's holding is like a lightning rod. So they're taking cover in a cave. Fraser's trying to pull it out. He pulls it out. He runs. Lightning's like following him. And then it strikes the mountain and it caves in and they're trapped in the mountain. Oh, no. We got to say, Brennan Fraser um, outrun the sun. He's outrun sand. Now he's outrunning lightning. That man got electrocuted pretty much in in this movie. And he survived. Yeah. Pretty much. He's outrunning all the natural elements. He's outrun water in Mummy Returns. Yes. Yeah. He's outrun all the natural elements. Yes. Brendan Fraser, uh, the Avatar. Born womp. Born I'm not going to do it. Water. Um, Earth. Earth. Fire. Fire. Ah! That's my Brendan Fraser yelling. <laughs> oh, when he yells back yeah. at the mummy. So they're now trapped in the not the center of the Earth, but like the, the upper crust. And they're like, the only way out is through. <laughs> they have to go deep. And the thing we is, we have like, to go deeper. And they talk about like going deeper, but the, like, that little like belaying scene, he like takes a rock and he does the counting of like when it goes down, yeah. and he does the math in his head. You know, nine point eight meters squared or whatever the the number is, and he's like, hmm, sounds like a twenty story building. I'm pretty sure the the Earth is deeper <laughs> than a twenty story building. It's like like the Earth is pretty fucking big. We'll never so. forget the part where they fall forever. Uh, yeah, right. That's like the Loki so, and Doctor Strange. Yeah, they go, been falling for forty minutes. <laughs> they fall down this one like uh, they they go down this one shaft. Yeah, twenty story one. Yeah, he tries to light a flare, but accidentally sets the wall on fire because it's magnesium. Yeah, um, important to note. Uh, they go down this twenty story shaft and they find an old mine. And then the oh, world's least exciting minecart chase ever occurs. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Don't God. Don't they get, like, a generator up and running, too? I yeah. remember. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, they do. This thing has been down here for, like, 70 fucking years, and somehow they got it on the first thing. I can't even get my Honda lawnmower <laughs> with one fucking pull from last <laughs> season to get working. And Josh Hodgson is just over there fucking playing with buttons, and all of a sudden you hear this diesel generator yeah. go, Brrr, and you're just like, what the fuck? And it's like, he, like... If you've ever seen the end of Temple of Doom where they have that minecart chase, imagine that, but if it sucked. <laughs> and it's like, it's like the next thing, they're all like these low res CG things. Yeah, you imagine can, you can literally see the green outlines in them yeah, from you the can green see, screen. They they definitely did not make this well. Yeah. And then of course there's like the classical bit where all their cards diverge and go on three different tracks and but, two oh my, of them are dangerous. Oh how are we gonna survive? Because apparently you know, somehow they hit a button and all of them, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the uh the mountain guide, she jumps onto Brendan Fraser's cart and then it crashes through a, a wall. They're fine, and then that wall leads into um 
a room with a bunch of diamonds, emeralds, and sapphires, and they're all looking at it, and they're grabbing some stuff, and then it turns out that, what does Fraser call the thin layer of rock that they're on? My mythosite or whatever Some the bullshit fuck like it is, and it's like I think it's thick. Oh, it's thicker than I thought, and of course, it breaks. It's the fucking trope of like, oh, I'm safe now. Oh no, I'm not. It's literally just like that. Three seconds after it mm-hmm. crashes, they go down and they fall <laughs> for how long at this point? Like an it, hour. <laughs> it get, they fall for so long they get bored of it. <laughs> yeah, Did you guys know they're like ah, and they're screaming, and then we cut, and we're just with them, and they're just like. Yeah, they fall for quite some time. I I am curious. If you were to just fall down, like, the longest hole ever, like this one, at some point, do you just, like, would you just get used to it and stop being terrified? Because, like, you would scream if you fell for a decent... But, like, they're falling for a long time, and they're not screaming. They don't even seem scared. I would stop screaming because it's just like, well... Eventually, I'm just going to hit something and die. Yeah. Or they die of shock, but, like... Wait, what stops them again at the very end? I forget. Um, there's like a bunch of waterfalls, and they kind of just skim along the side of them. Ah, uh, yes, because hitting a waterfall after falling for apparently a fucking hour at full velocity and is not somehow lethal whatsoever. Uh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Also, they're closer to the center of the Earth. Therefore, gravity is now stronger. Yes. In theory, they should start floating at some point, but we never really accomplish, like... Well, because when you think about it, like, if you imagine, like, you're falling down the Earth, right? Yeah. And gravity's going to push you to the center. But let's say the tunnel just goes straight to the other side. Which apparently it does, because they end up in Italy. Right. (laughs) So then what would happen is you would fall, and then you pass the center... But then gravity's going to start working on you the other way, and then you yeah. fall back. But then gravity works the other way, and eventually you'd just be going back and forth and back and forth you, until they, you they finally kind of like settle stop in the middle. a little above the center. Center. Right. This movie's title is kind of bullshit. It's like Journey to Near the Center. <laughs> <laughs> I want. I just bought this on iTunes this yeah. morning so I could rewatch it. I want my money back. This yeah. is some false fucking advertising. They didn't go to the center of the they, earth. They go pretty close to it. But also, but, uh, so legit. How long, to the best of our ability, do we think they've been falling for? Would you say an hour? I mean, Josh Hutcherson has some lines. Like, it feels like I've been full. I'm pretty sure he does. I feel like I've been falling forever or whatever. It just makes... So, like, the acceleration to gravity is 9.81 meters per second, okay? So, if they've been falling for an hour, that's uh, 60 minutes uh, times 60. That's 3,600. No, here, here, we're going to... Let's find out how how deep is center of Earth. (laughs) I'm I'm doing this fucking. The core is about eighteen thousand one thousand eight hundred and two miles. So so you could get to space. You could get to like wait what? Oh, read the number again. One thousand eight hundred and two miles. So one thousand eight hundred. So almost two thousand miles to the exact center of the Earth. The moon is like the same Here, fucking distance. I got an answer. I got an answer. So if you were to just jump from the like sent like you know the top of the Earth where we are now, into a hole to the center. It would take 769 seconds to reach the center of the Earth. Um, let's do the math about that. Oh, well. I just want to take back what I said because I sound like a fucking idiot. Yeah, the moon is not one <laughs> 2,000 <laughs> miles away. It is um, 240,000 miles away. I was like, in my head, I was like, Scott, that's not right. You're going like to sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I just want to know the rate of their speed at it which would, they're falling. It would, if you were to jump from that, if you start at initial velocity of zero, as they did, yeah, 
Um, gravitational acceleration is 32.174 feet per second You're per second. You're doing feet per second, fucking American. Feet per second per <laughs> second. Um, eventually, yeah, your, nine your velocity would become 24,744 feet per second. Wait, say that one more time, but slowly. 24,744 feet and, per second. And just so you know, the, the death velocity of a human being is you pretty much have to fall on your head from twice your own height. Yes. So they there's no fucking way they would have survived. So the fastest bullets travel about 2,600 feet per second. You said 20. Yeah, terminal velocity of a human body is 53 meters per second. So they're dead. Wait, wait, wait. Let me. um, Oh, they're definitely dead. Like, let me figure out. There's no argument on that. So if I do it meters per second. Just by the fall, not the landing, the fall. No, the landing. The landing would have killed them. You can fall and it doesn't matter. And it wouldn't kill you? But fun fact, squirrels actually don't have a death velocity. You can drop a squirrel from a a mile in the air and they'll still survive. So here's. So I did. I adjusted the calculation. So it take they would nerd if they were to jump from the top to the center it would take them twelve minutes and um essentially forty like seven seconds to reach the center. Um, they would reach the velocity of seven thousand five hundred forty two meters per second. Um, the terminal velocity of a human body is fifty three meters per second. That is almost one. Th- that is like fifteen hundred times what it would take to kill a human. These motherfuckers dead. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, it's not just once this happened. Them getting launched out of Mount Vesuvius, by the way, which is hilarious because volcanoes. Um, They they get flown into the air into this T Rex bone. Which, by the way, like, have you ever picked up a bone of like an animal in the woods, like if and it's been sitting there for a while? It it's not the strongest thing in the world. Like it's brittle. It's the reason why like people excavate with fucking like brushes and like tiny ass chisels like that thing would have shattered to millions of pieces the second it hit the ground on this fucking of course it's a vineyard because italy we love stereotypes here and of course when josh Hutchinson starts talking to the guys like you did a keep to the diamond yeah like <laughs> so on multiple occasions they've died <laughs> yeah there's... yes and like the mummy is more believable in a lot in its physics than, then, than this movie. Then the other thing that really pisses me off is that the way they survive the landing yeah. is that it just turns into a water slide. Yeah, and they just like kind of slide down the water. So, uh, in theory, that's that is the only possible way I can think for them to survive this. But here's the thing, and I'm sorry, it's, this is gonna and, seem like a vulgar gesture, but just go with me. So this is like the pipe that they're yeah. falling down, right? And let's say they're falling down in the middle. What they're saying is the pipe's going to curve like this. He's describing right? a colon is what he's No, what happens? Right? So they <laughs> Yeah, it has to be like a ja- a gradual like in like decline as well. No, what happens is it's still a straight shot down, but essentially there's like additional res- like water pouring in. Mm-hmm. And so they just kind of skim the side of the waterfall and that kind of slows their speed as they get the resistance of the water. Have you ever It launches them into the next one. And this would not work. This would not work. But in terms of finding a way for someone to survive falling 7,402 miles per second per second, that's the best fucking way I can think of to explain it. Have you ever, have you ever, you've ever gone, you've ever done a belly flop before? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how hard? That shit hurts. Yeah. Imagine hitting water at that speed. (laughs) Because, okay, I hear you. 
with like it's the pipe coming down and deeper in the pipe there's water coming off yeah. like the holes and they're not going as fast so they're hitting an object that's already moving in the same direction but as not them. as fast because it hasn't been yeah. falling as long yeah so you're saying they're collision and into so they're kind that of falling skidding object. the side of it that they don't col- collide into it they skim it the water though yes there it's, it's it causes friction so and they're so they're skimming the water that's not going as fast yeah are we and still trying to like slowing down. Down. <laughs> we're trying oh, to figure time, this out. time out time out Guys, we're trying to, we're trying to define the physics of a movie that was designed to be shown inside of a of a museum theater. <laughs> um, All the more reason we have to scrutinize it. Science, but like, there's a lot of this other things we can scrutinize. We know brutal. the physics in movies don't make sense. Like, doesn't matter. There's no noise in space, and Star Wars is all fake. When okay, sh- lies. Yeah, when ships blow up, they wouldn't sound like that. They would just go. <laughs> You would feel like a slight gravitational like hit. That was like the beautiful little like. <laughs> no, because like you'd essentially just like your ship would shake with like the force, but there's no gravity. <laughs> we get it. Okay, so they land. They're they're now soaking wet. They're in yeah. this water slide amusement park. I think they definitely tried making this movie. It's like if Disney bought this for their park. Yeah, this what could be, be a the, fun. What ride. would be the best way to make rides out of it? Yeah. They, the they, free fall. <laughs> they very quickly like, come across upon like a mushroom kingdom, uh, yeah. minus the kingdom. But they find a bunch of mushroom, big mushrooms. Oh god, I love shrooms. Yeah, and then Mario <laughs> comes out. It's really strange. <laughs> mushroom kingdom, here we come. Oh god. Oh, we're talking about very too many different mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> Still have not seen Mario. It's it's like fine. Oh, the new one. I gotta yeah, go it's, see it's, that it's this like, weekend. It's like. It's whatever. Yeah. I double featured that in Ben Affleck's Air. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what a wild double feature. Um, but yeah, they find a bunch of mushrooms, and they find a hollowed out mushroom, and it's Max's home. Um, oh, yeah. You, they went, fi- you went really, you jumped ahead. And they ahead. found. No, because they just like walk around for Well, like there's the blue five. birds in the sky. Well, who gives a shit? They want, they, they, <laughs> they, they, they wander and do with the plot. It's All the their- Jurassic Park, like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the center of the earth. It's like. Wah, 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 no. But no, it's that, also like it's, no it's them being like everything is bigger. Like they had like a dandelion and he blows into it and it's like 10 times. It's like 40 times the size it of is, what a yeah. dandelion It's quite be. literally the scene from it's Avatar the- when he like first enters the jungle. But except what if it sucked? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every what scene. if James Cameron had motivation to be better? <laughs> what if James Cameron like was suicidal while making Avatar and <laughs> just gave up? This is what it would look like. Uh, then they also have like a fusion Doc Ock uh, reactor sun in the middle of yeah. it too. Yeah, that's the center of the Earth. That's the inner core. They're yeah. in the outer core. Yeah. That's the inner core. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any of you guys watch the actual movie Core? No. no. Hillary Swank? No. Have you guys seen the, the movie where they have to drill into the center of the earth and, ex- and put explosives to somehow fix the world? That's the core. Oh, that's the core. Oh, yes. I have seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's the core. I have done that so many times this week where someone's mentioned something and I'm like, that's the core. oh, have you seen this other thing that I'm pretty sure is not the same thing? It's like, Scott, it's the exact same fucking thing we're talking, about. we're talking about. Oh. Yeah, that's core. And uh, yeah, I do remember that movie. Once again, I work in film, yet I know nothing about film. Because <laughs> how do they get to the center of the earth? They have a laser. Ah, they yes. They use a laser that drills them down. Oh, and it of is... course, the first character who dies is the black the black character. Because how, how else would we make He does go movie? out pretty badass. He though. does. He definitely does. That man was a... I'm, dude, that movie was the daytime FX movie. Yeah. That's what I remember watching it. Okay. Yeah. So so the fuck the blue birds. Like, who fucking cares? They're translucent. They glow in the dark. Blah, 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 blah. And the, 
and then yeah, the mushroom. And then they find his father, and it's like, oh, he has such a strong emotional connection to his father, who he's never met in his entire life because he's been fucking. He was he died when he was two years old. No offense, but like, yeah, all all the offense. Uh, And so they bury they bury him, and then we're back in the mushroom house, and then that's when Fraser makes the discovery of like, oh, Max made the discovery that like the tectonical plate shifts release the hot gases of the magma that irregulate the temperature which then turn this entire area into, into an, an oven. oven yeah and so like we have you know it how hot is it now 94 degrees it was 82 degrees when we got here so that means we got about 48 <laughs> hours 48 72 hours before it becomes too hot for yeah. humans to survive in so they have to get out yeah so it's a race against time now so what their plan is is they got to get across an ocean yes uh to the other side where there's a geyser yes they can ride the geyser with the steam up Yes. Back up to the surface. As one does. And so how do they get to the other side? They make they a make boat. They make a boat in like 10 minutes. They make a boat in 10 minutes. It's a really crazy phrase. They like they open li- up. The kid's like, journey to the center of the earth. Look. And there's like, it's all in the book. Literally. And then the. And they like. Send me away. And he's like hastily like taking like thatching a boat. It's a sizable boat. It is a I'm just saying they like, it's 130 degrees, but your core temperature needs to just get above 106. Like. They'd be dead if the outside air temperature was 110. Yeah. Yeah. After this much work. Yeah. yeah. They don't have, like, okay, that, that per- there's no way the hell that little ocean they climbed onto yeah. is fresh water. Yeah, they're fucked. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so, like, they're, they're on their little boat, and they have a sail that's in the thermal. Okay, air. but can we talk about the beautiful little, like, father-son bonding moments yeah. between little, like, montage of them building a boat, and he's, like, tying this knot in Brendan Fish and looks over and is like, I'm so proud of my son. Like that entire little like weird montage moment of that. Scott, just say you have a daddy kink for Fraser. All right. Oh, I I will 100% admit that. Like fucking Jeff over here is wearing a Brennan Fraser t-shirt from the mummy, the 1999 mummy. Yes, and Brennan Fraser staring is... at my chest a lot. Yeah. Because like <laughs> Brennan Fraser looks hot as hell yeah. on your shirt right now. I don't. The only way I can get you to look at me. Oh fuck off! Hey, yeah. hey, eyes up here, eyes up here. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just racking in more yeah. fucking shit for your best man speech. So get ready for it. Uh, and so, so rolling in it. He's got so much material. It's fun crazy. facts. I haven't even wrote it yet because I keep crying every time I look at oh. my fucking thing. That's oh, very sweet. You're very welcome. Sweet. This got very earnest very quick. Let's, <laughs> let's get it back. Let's talk more shit. Daddy. Uh, uh, and so, so Daddy Fraser and his little like little like love boat bolt. Not love boat. Sorry. Like you know he's like oh I'm trying to be a father figure to this kid that I've only met like three times in my entire life. That's this the yeah. son of my brother. So apparently I no longer give a fuck about it because my brother's dead. So you know that little moment. Of course, of course the thing that. Um, Josh Hutterson is tying is the thing that he, the, 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 the sail is tied yeah. to, which fails. Yeah. So he clearly didn't train his, his nephew well enough how to tie proper knots. Cause that's yeah. what gets him launched into the air. Yeah. Also like, did he wrap his hands or like, why would he just let go the second he felt is like getting lifted into the air? Like, I don't know. It's very odd. Uh, but they make the sail so it reaches up to the sky because that's where the faster thermal winds are. Yes. And they get the boat They're out. Much faster up much there. Faster that's where the thermal there. winds are. Yeah, the thermal winds. <laughs> and of course, down of course in the in the course in the center of the earth, we have things called clouds. Apparently, yeah. Uh, because the only way we could see the thermals because air is invisible. <laughs> yes. And uh, there's a there's a storm. Yeah, a that they get hit. Uh, that they get well first they get attacked by the piranhas well the, it happens it during the storm it's during the storm there's a storm happens and then a fish jumps out and it's yeah. a pro- oh and fish. this is the the jump scare stuff of like oh my god the this is like i think it's like the first big 
No, there's some other ones before this, but like the, the 3D effect of it. But it was definitely the one that scared me most as a child because it was impressive. And well, then, and like, then this this was the um, this movie is what you know inspired the filmmakers to then make Piranha 3D. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, no, this is the part where he's like, "I promise to take you to the batter cage." <laughs> yeah, and they're using and they their logs using to like to hit to hit the, them. The piranhas. Josh Hodgkin gets a call from his mom from the center of the earth. Yes, Verizon four star. Yeah, Verizon, <laughs> Verizon. incredible all, service. All bars. <laughs> I'm just like, where are you? And he's like, oh, oh, oh yeah, on a fishy trip. Because apparently the fucking cell phone can fucking work in the center of the fucking earth. Verizon, this is the Verizon, only man. studio that tr- the only. Uh, Car, uh, phone carrier <laughs> that transmits to the center of the earth. Yes. And that's why people. my fucking Verizon bill is as much as it is. Yep. So I <laughs> guess building antennas in the center. if you need to call the, someone from the center of the earth, you can do it. So when I'm on the river of sticks, I can call up and be like, hey, Jeff, how's it going? I'm currently being like, you know, Voyage punted over the river to Hades. Yes. You Actually, can make your call from Verizon. Uh, <laughs> can you hear me now? Yeah. And so they... Hutchinson gets tied up in like the sail and something gets loose and then he gets carried away by the wind. Hutchinson is gone, dies, never to be seen well, again. Well, Stuart, so this is when you said you had something interesting to say about this movie. I thought this was going to be it. So Hutchinson's like grabbing on the sails and he gets pulled away. He's like, ah, first I just want to say all these dinosaurs pop out and start eating the piranhas, like plesiosaurs. Oh, I missed um, that part. Yeah, a bunch of plesiosaurs come out and start eating all the prawns, which is how they deal with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember the little flashback to Star Wars? No, there's, there's always a bigger fish. Yeah. There's always a bigger fish. fish. But um, so the kid gets swept away. He's like, ah, no. And he gets swept away to like the dinosaur area. You know what that reminded me of? Jurassic Park 3? Yeah, because the kid's also in a red shirt. <laughs> oh, my and God. And it looks like Josh yeah. Hutcherson. And the kid looks like Josh Hutcherson. And so does the dad. Looks like the dad from the movie too that we saw. Who like also two dies. Who also dies in the jungle. God, we love killing off the father of young white men. Well, this is <laughs> yes. uncle. This is the uncle. Oh, that's his uncle. That's right. Yeah, because this is what the kid looks like in Jurassic Park Three. Yes, it's like he's wearing a re- he's wearing a very similar shirt to Josh Hutcherson. He kind of looks like Josh Hutcherson. Oh, one hundred percent. So I was like, this is a very similar plot development to Jurassic Park Three. Yeah. Uh, uh, so they get to the other side, and it's just like a vast desert, basically. Yeah. And Josh Hutcherson it comes face to face with a T Rex. Yes. A well, very horribly animated T Rex. Yeah. Fraser and uh, what's her name, Hannah, go make it to the geyser, but he's like, uh, Sean isn't here. I gotta go find him. And he's like, just get ready in there. And so she goes in. She's uh, like, I'll stay as long as I can. And Fraser has to be the hero. And so he runs back to try and find Josh Hutchinson. Imagine him getting back out of the center of the earth yeah. to his sister. Like, yeah, so your your son died the same way that your husband died. He got died. by a T-Rex. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, he'd be thrown into an insane asylum. <laughs> yeah, I brought back his pooped remains. <laughs> uh, so hot. They So Josh Hutchinson and Brendan Fraser, they're running away from this T-Rex together. And then there's that same thin layer of the myocyte ice rock or whatever. So he, he, you know, he does the Ian Malcolm thing where he's like, hey, hey, over here, over here. Ian, freeze. Get the kids. Throwing it rid of the flare. Uh, but he leads the T-Rex into like the thin sheet of rock. And then the rock breaks and the T-Rex falls down. A and he's magma. single-handedly. 
extincts all the dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, yeah. at least the T-Rex, because the ones in the water are apparently fine until they boil to Until death. they boil to death. Again, what's the logic of like how anything survives down there if it gets over like 300 degrees yeah. Fahrenheit? It doesn't. I, I don't know. Uh, same logic for how they survive a fall from 7,000 feet. but It I doesn't don't. matter. It's moving. It doesn't <clears throat> matter. <clears throat> Here we go. Here's why. Movie magic. Movie magic. Movie magic. So uh, they eventually fucking find him. They're running through the, yeah. you know, Brennan, you know, saves him from running the thing or the, the T-Rex dies, whatever. Yeah. So then we we finally get back to the river and we see her. her like, <laughs> she's no longer there. And she's like, oh, no, she must have left. And she comes rowing up in a fucking skull of a T-Rex. It's like fucking got a bad Get ass. on, boys. Get on, boys. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Josh Hutcherson is like still flirting with this fucking twenty-eight-year-old. Yeah, he's like, like I as called a fourteen-year-old. And it's like, dibs. who's got dibs on the mountain guide? <laughs> so nobody has dibs on the mountain guide. Don't ever do that ever again. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever do that impression. I'm ever. gonna do one more offensive impression before this episode ends. Okay. I have it written down. <laughs> I know what it is. Oh too. God. Uh, so they they do another water slide yeah. move where they use the skull of the. Yeah. Just the top part of the skull of the T Rex to go yeah. down this water slide, and, the, and then they get lodged into this geyser. Yeah, and they get and but there's no water in the and geyser. they're stuck. because they're too late. Yeah, the right. water's all evaporated. But guess what? The there's walls water. are wet. The water's in the walls. Yeah. They're inside the fucking walls. <laughs> so he dang Brendan dangles himself from the side. And of the this thing. is this is where he gets hurt. This is mm. this is this is the scene where he burns his hand. I'm pretty sure. Was it this scene or I this thought it was the, the beginning? I, well, this is, I think this is the only other ones where he's like tossing a flare against a wall. Yeah. Maybe, so I'm pretty, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, you know, don't quote me on this. Like I know there's trivia nerds out there, but like, I'm pretty sure this is the scene where he gets burned, yeah. burns his hand. Cause we're trying to, he's trying to light a flare against the wall or whatever. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And he throws, eventually he's like, it's dry over there. Low me further. And he gets lower and he throws it and it goes like, it catches for a second. Then he drops and you just hear the Brendan Fraser. No. And then it lights back. And then it lights back up because movies. And then all of a sudden he gets everyone lays down their back. It's like, everyone hold on to what? <laughs> <laughs> and they get launched up. Apparently, hmm. they fly so, so fast. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. The wind is hitting. <laughs> And they get and they get. You just know there's like the some air. like special effects person on the sound stage holding like a, a leaf blo a leaf blower right over their fucking heads. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. I can just imagine our 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 special effects guy who does our haze on the show that I work on. His name is Nico, and I can just imagine Nico standing there. Above. He's like this like very Greek guy yeah. standing there with a leaf blower, like blowing it right in front of yeah. Reddit's face. Ooh. And they get launched like, you know, thirty thousand feet into the air. Yeah. And then they come to a soft, nice cushion. One landing. could even say twenty thousand leagues into the air, huh? Huh? All right, that's your second impression. Is that, your, is that <laughs> your second one? Oh, no. Oh, no. you got more? No. You got more uh, coming out of this. So they get launched into space. <laughs> but I mean, okay, fall. I guess the only redeeming factor of like maybe they could have survived is they, they hit another gradual fall. Yeah. But they also land into a winery, which wine wine needs very nice soil. So I get it. It is, Italy. It is Italy after all. Yeah, volcanic yeah. ash. Like, you know, it's, it's a mountain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they hit Not a me fucking mountain. Not me trying down. to just. Justify the way they survive. All this, like all these grapes, and you know how they film that. They just like put him on a sound, like just put him in this, this thing, and they just like, 
and they just like had these like the grips hold on to these like fake binds and just like run over their faces and they're just like ah and so they come to a stop and, and to the most uh, the fake Italian man I've ever seen yeah so they get there this one guy's like mamma mia <laughs> my, my, my house mamma mia my, my ghoul my you destroyed my grapes gabagool <laughs> mamma mia I so and then of course and then, and then of course fucking uh, Josh, Josh Hutcherson takes out these diamonds. Di- that he these had. diamonds. Yeah, that he found. Look, he's like, look, don't do it. They are very shitty wine. diamond props. Very, the the cra- like the prop department definitely ran out of, yeah. ran out of money at this scene. And he hands this guy, and he's like, apparently he. Do you want to go outside? Apparently again? this guy is like a true geol like um what's a what's a like a guy who's like understands geologist yeah. geologist, yeah. and he's like. He, apparently he understands what a diamond is instantaneous other than because it looks like literally just a piece yeah. of glass and so he's like and all of a sudden he's like oh my god do you want to get in really you and, want but, but Josh Hutcherson uses the shittiest Italian he's like the, 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 you to keep for the, the the house and he's like doing this like yeah. fake little Italian accent and I of course don't yeah. want to live on this planet anymore fucking, <laughs> Ma- fucking Mario character pretty much he's a, I'm pretty sure he has a mustache too. He, he's does. Little, he has like the Italian little man's hat on too as well yeah. and he's like obvi- and he, the fact that he says mamma mia is just like oh it's fucking hilarious I think it's at this point that he kisses the mountain this, guide yeah, this is where it's like the, it's like they're going in for a kiss it's like hey jeff for your kiss for your first kiss on your wedding please do not use this as a uh as a guide (laughs) he's using the mummy i hope you use the mummy (laughs) and i'm i'm I'm, becca doesn't have earphones on she's somewhere in this apartment and probably heard me say that so (laughs) we'll see what happens i mean they're like it's like the ugliest kiss ever for two very attractive people and they're doing it right in front of like fucking giovanni giuseppe over here whatever (laughs) the fuck his name mario mario like uh hey (laughs) Mario Mamma Mia or whatever the fuck. And then, he goes, and then he goes like, "Hey, hey, what's the whatever Josh's character's name is? Uh, if your if your mom asks what we did this this week this week, tell her I took you to Italy." <laughs> also, I just want to uh, talk about how hard it would be to get out of Italy without a passport. Yeah, and this is this is, you know, they're in Europe now. Imagine going to the 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 con the U.S. consulate to get an emergency password. It's like how how do you guys get into the United States? We have no we have no record. Okay, went through the center of the earth. We went through the center of the earth. They would be thrown into a fucking insane yeah. asylum so goddamn quickly. Well, clearly they just clambered back into the center of the earth and came out a different hole. Yeah, that's yeah. that was the sequel that was yeah. written and then scrapped. Yeah, so um, they they get back to we're Ohio. back in Boston. <laughs> Boston. Boston. Oh, it's Boston because apparently Boston's on the exact other side of the earth yeah. as Italy. Um. And so they um, they use all those diamonds to build a new laboratory in honor of the brother that Trevor will run. He gives a little fuck you to Seth Meyers mm-hmm. um, on his way out, and that's um, that's basically where the movie ends. Is Trevor a bird give, flies out of his backpack? Yeah. Well, Trevor gives shot. Oh, well, the, the mom the, comes the, to pick him up, and Trevor gives um, oh God. Um, uh, he gives Sean a book on his way out, and it's Jules Verne's Atlantis. Yeah. Which sets up a sequel. The sequel. Where they go to Atlantis. Which is where we get The Rock Johnson on yes. this one. But that one's based on the Jules Verne work, The Mysterious Island. Yeah. Instead of Atlantis. So they clearly scrapped the sequel. The were thing is, but The Mysterious Island was Atlantis. They talk about it being Atlantis Do in they? the movie. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen it, so I don't I don't know. I own it on DVD. Oh my the film gosh. is based on Jules Verne's. It is one of the only films I still have on DVD in my apartment. I do not own a DVD player, but I have it on DVD. That's amazing. 
Jeff, I'm going to add that to your collection. Okay, yeah, they do go to Atlantis and journey to the Forbidden. The they discover they discover that it's Atlantis. Like this is Atlantis. Like you know, jo- jo- mysterious island. It's got to be. You know, fucking. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Batman's butler is just sitting there in a very like well built house all by himself as a 75 year old man. Because I think Jules Verne did write an Atlantis novel. Um, I mean, if you haven't read any of his books, he's a fantastic science fiction writer and highly recommended. He also looks like the suavest motherfucker around. But um, that's the ending of this movie is the bird flies away. And the movie's over. Yeah. Okay, so he just released a invasive species into the wild? Wow, yeah. what a fucking dick. And all the birds, the, all those birds ate the other birds. It's only bird left. Well, birds aren't real, dude. <laughs> That's it. That, that. Remember, remember, Stuart, if it flies, it spies. <laughs> it flies, it spies. I am a bird truther. Um, oh, my God. Little little plug for that. Uh, you know, Check out uh, Birds Aren't Real on Instagram. I highly recommend it. That's so funny. Um, but that's the, yeah, but that's the end of the movie. Um, and it was, it's a pretty short movie. Like I was able to fit it. I started at like noon today and I showed up here at like on time at two fifteen, and yeah. still was able to watch the entire movie. It's only, it's, only like an it's hour, like 90 minutes. Yeah. It's an hour and 30 minutes yeah. runtime total. I feel like they definitely had to cut a lot of it out probably because of their budget restraints. Yes. <laughs> Cause the, I was like, there's, they definitely could have made it a little bit longer. Yeah. But I mean, I wasn't complaining. This movie, this movie was made for $60 million. How much um, did it make? This movie is a big success. I accidentally closed the fucking tab. Bringing it up now. Okay, so this movie makes $244 million. That's a go. big success. That's um, tr- yeah. that's quadruple its budget. Yeah. Which is, you know, especially for this time, big in Hollywood. Um, It gets decent reviews. It's actually some of the better reviews Fraser's gotten in several years. Um, this gets its average of a 6 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, most people are like, this is a fun movie for kids. Like, a lot of people say the thing about the museum aesthetic. Like, that this is a good movie. This is a fun movie for kids. It has some fun scientific ideas in it. Mm-hmm. It's nothing spectacular. It's there to be a gimmick. If you go and enjoy it, it's 90 minutes of having a decent time. Yeah. It's a great way to, like, get your kids to shut up for two hours. Yes. That's exactly what this is. They do make a theme park ride out of this movie. At what? Universal? Um, at... Uh, Warner Brothers Movie World. What the fuck is that? What the fuck a, is that? It's a theme park in Australia. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, they put one hilariously in Dollywood, which is Dolly Parton's theme park. Okay, we're going to Dolly World. Jesus. It is unfortunately no longer there. God damn but it. But from 2009 to 2012, you could ride Journey to the Center of the Earth 40 Adventure in Dollywood. Um, that's very funny to me. But yeah, it was a 40 ride. It was like a 15 minutes like, super cut of the movie. That you could just experience and your sheep would shake and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie's a major success. What is? What? Oh, that's funny. This movie's a major success, and then they go and they make a sequel to it. Um, we talked a lot at the beginning about you know the Fraser aftermath of this movie, so I don't really think there's too much to say at the end here. Um, but you know this is more or less entering Brennan's like last hurrah for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they go through that little like lull where he's not yeah. getting those blockbuster those bookings anymore. Yeah, and they make a sequel, Journey to the Mysterious Island. Uh, Josh Hutcherson, the only returning character. I thought the act- mom. I thought the mom was also the same. But the mom is not in it. Uh, yes, she is. She is in it, but played by a different actress. Oh, okay. 
Um, played by Jane Wheeler in this one. She played by Kristen Davis in the sequel. I mean, obviously, I didn't figure that out yeah. because. But but look she's at this. In it for six look at seconds. this cast lineup for Journey to the Mysterious Island. It's Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Michael Caine, <laughs> which is like insane. Josh Hutcherson, Vanessa Hudgens, and Josh Hutcherson. I'm pretty sure that was. This is also now during the the Catching Fire. This is during the Hunger this, Games. This era. comes out. Yeah, Journey so to the Mysterious Island. This is like his, his blow up as an actor. It comes out one month before the first Hunger Games. Movie. Yeah, so like he. This is the beginning of his little like yeah, big his blow run. up. His little his big blow up during the Hunger Games. Peter. Peter. Uh, they never made a third one. The second one was actually a pretty decent success. It made $335 million, more than this, on an $80 million budget. Uh, and it looked, the one, obviously, it, the technology definitely did improve because they decided, let's not make it a crappy 3D movie. Like, they did, a, I think they did a pretty good job. They, Especially the cast. The cast was really good. The guy who plays the helicopter pilot, I've worked with him before. He's fucking hilarious. He's He was on Shameless as well. Nice. What was his name again? Um, William H. Macy? No, no, the guy who plays the helicopter pilot on oh God. in the second movie. Um, Louis Guzman. Yeah, I mean he's 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 his fr- William H. Macy's his friend and shameless for the, like the last like two seasons. Um, really really funny guy. Um, but um, where was I going with this? Yeah, the visual effects got a thousand times better, and also the fact that like Michael Caine's in movies, just like why is Batman's butler chilling on Atlantis? I'm, I'm in this movie. He plays the grandfather of... Uh, so apparently Brandon Fraser's from England now because... Uh, yeah, he plays his... Brandon Fraser's dad in the sequel because Brandon Fraser was not there. And he's in Rock. And The Rock is Sean's stepfather. <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. I was having a funny branca. I was having a funny branca and I look and I think about you there. And I know <laughs> that you are happy and that's all I was good to it. We covered a Michael Caine movie. I failed you, sir. I oh, failed you. Oh, oh you're trusting me. And I failed you. <laughs> you trusted me. <laughs> What's the point of all those push-ups if we can't lift There's a bloody a log? <laughs> it's funny how when we quote Michael Caine, we mostly just do the Dark Knight movies. Well, I mean, he. Do- I mean, there's so many great lines in yeah. those movies. And, like, there's obviously other movies, but those yeah. are more, like, niche markets. I, feel yeah. like I haven't met anyone who hasn't seen at least one yeah. of the Christopher Nolan trilogy Batman. So, like, those are easily quotable movies to Always most people. Always the best Alfred. Yeah, uh, I, well, I hands down, hands down. I do some. I do enjoy thing about the Prestige, uh, Christopher Nolan's The Prestige, which starts with Michael Caine talking about the three ways to do a magic trick. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's a great movie. But he just starts saying, "It's like the, the third step is the most difficult, and it's called the Prestige, because the thing is, you can't just make something disappear. You have to bring it back." <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's all I got for Michael Caine. The we're gonna make a third one of these movies. Um. It took. A, they could not adequately adapt this, the book because they were going to do Journey from the Earth to the Moon. Hmm. Uh, but they never quite figured it out, and then The Rock got really busy, and so they never made the third. Last year, The Rock said he's still doing it. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, but that's that's uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Nice. Stuart, any final thoughts on Journey to the Center of the Earth? Uh, I feel like... Any thoughts I would have had, we said at the very beginning of the episode. Yes. Yeah. Scott, uh, any final thoughts? I mean, this is definitely a fun movie to watch. Yeah. Like, I mean, I put it on today just to, so I could get a yeah. refresher. But I remember like sitting back and having the little childhood yeah. memories of watching. Obviously, I had a little emotional connection to it because it was this 
woman who's I, I her husband has recently passed so it was like that yeah. connection of um of her taking me to movies whenever yeah. a new like kid movie came out and this is the one that she took me to yeah. um so i was like oh that's really fun to rewatch this thing but it's not like what i'm gonna sit down and be like you know what i really want to watch today i want to watch the smash hit from 2008 of journey to center the yeah. starring brendan fraser and josh hudderson um but like, it's it was t- enjoyable i had a good time still kind of sucks yeah it's not good but i had a good time yeah um, but yeah, that, I, I, I summarized everything I wanted to say. All right. So I think we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Um, thank you folks all for listening to this episode on journey to the sand of the earth. We hope you had a good time listening. Uh, please remember to tune in next week for episode on the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, journey, uh, the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor <laughs> next week. Uh, with special guests. Same mummy. Plur. Twice. <laughs> Same mummy. <laughs> twice. Um, yeah. Uh, special th- uh, Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on basically anywhere you can listen to a podcast. Uh, we learned last week that we have a lot more distribution than we thought we did. Yeah. We're available on the usual Spotify, Podcast, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. But we're also on Amazon Music. Um Podcatcher or whatever it's called. Something like that. Yeah. Apple Some, Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on all the big ones. Don't worry, I've been plugging you guys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, you have. I've been slapping some stickers around. Um, you can pop into our Reddit, r slash Travolting. Find us on Twitter or Instagram at TravoltingPod. TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Stuart Number 85. Scott, anything you want to plug? Sounds like a no. <laughs> Special thanks, as always, to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design, Michael Van Bodegum Smith for our theme music. And Andrew Gardner for our social media. Have a great week, folks. See you next time for The Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Thank you so much for having me, guys. The Tomb.